0: Good morning. This is Word Made Flesh, the radio ministry of Neighbors of Hope. We'll share struggles and triumphs, and how through the Word, everyone can experience the loving and healing reality of Christ's compassion. Now here's the Neighbors of Hope Executive Director, Pastor Stephen Palmer, with this week's Word.
1: Well, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Word Made Flesh. How are we doing? Good. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, here we are, uh, already in the fifth week of Lent. Um, this being the fifth Sunday of Lent, uh, we continue our, our Lenten spiritual reflection in the Gospel of Mark, as we do every year. Um, as of late, we've been looking really at the last week of Jesus, uh, we've, we've, we've seen uh, his entrance into Jerusalem, right on his little, uh, his parade on the east side from Jericho uh, on a donkey and some uh, palm branches. Uh, contrasted with the the parade that's entering on the west side of Jerusalem which is Pilate and his military and all his war horses and his banners and those type of things so we see there's kind of a contrast in the uh, the parades Uh, Monday morning he shows up at the temple we like to say he cleanses the temple, but really what we've learned here is there's another demonstration going on. It's kind of like, you know, burning his draft card back in the Vietnam War, right? It's, it's really a, a symbolic gesture against the injustice that's taking place within the temple. Uh, and so then he'll refer to them as dead robbers. So that's that's part of the, uh, the scripture we'd like to share with our listening audience today. So Mark, if you could go ahead and read from Mark's gospel, not your gospel, but the gospel of Mark. Um, beginning at verse 15 uh, and ending at verse 19.
2: On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise to the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him, because all the crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out to
1: Okay. All right. Kind of wraps up uh, Monday. Kind of a short little thing. I'm just mm-hmm. going to pop into the temple and let people know what I'm thinking and feeling. And then, uh, okay, day's done. Let's go back have some supper. Because, right, you know, during our study, we see Tuesdays, a very long day. I mean, Mark gives 115 verses just to uh, Tuesday uh, in that last week. But here we are. Uh, we like to think Jesus is cleansing the temple. All right? um, we, we've learned in our study here that this is more of a demonstration of the injustice at the temple. All right? So, would any of you care to kind of share with our listening audience maybe some of the things that you've learned or... Uh, new insights from further reflection, uh, things of that matter uh, regarding the topic, and then we'll expand uh, so yes, from there.
2: Um, you know, Doug, for my time spent in the life change program, you would, on, on many occasions, highlight instances in the Bible where where God um, God refuses. The worship because there was not just also justice being practiced looking after the orphans and the widows and um it, it's kind of like having a cake and eating it, it
1: might be a nice place for you to interject just to keep our listening on and surprised all right um so when jesus was teaching and he says all "Right, is it not written well what he's quoting is jeremiah chapter 7 verse 11 all right and if we were to go back and just briefly share with our listening eyes a little bit about what that says Um, Jeremiah is saying I mean so God's speaking through Jeremiah 2 right Mm -hmm. Israel here you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail you will steal murder commit adultery swear falsely make offerings to Baal And go on after other gods that you have not known. And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are safe, only to go on doing all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know I too am watching, says the Lord. Now go to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And historically, if we look back at Shiloh, basically what God says, uh, you know, I'm going to destroy the place that you say I live. I'm going to destroy God. God says, I'm going to destroy God's house. Because you're not practicing justice. Um, I think earlier when we were studying this, we looked at uh, uh, Micah and Isaiah, and even Amos. I know, Mark, Amos kind of stuck with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the odds you have that pulled up on your... Oh, you have it. All right, you want to go ahead and read that for us? Read, uh... Just just maybe 21 through 24. Okay. Chapter 5.
2: I hate, I despise your religious peace. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your hearts. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, before we went on the air, Mark was reading that, and he says, uh, Boy, God's really mad in this. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, uh, throughout the Bible, we see God as a God of justice. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, if we were to read some of those others, and we don't really have the time uh, for that right now, but uh, within the prophets, a lot of the prophets are really speaking against Israel and uh, Jerusalem and, and things of that because they're not practicing justice. All right, and so if you don't start practicing justice, then right the proposition if then, then God even says he will destroy his own house, the temple. All right. This is the context in which Jesus right, is finding familiarity with when he enters the temple in Jerusalem on Monday, four days before he's executed. All right. So that's why I say it's somewhat of a demonstration that he's putting on as opposed to cleansing it. He's obviously not anti-money change. I mean, they had to change exchange currency to go in there. He understands that 600,000 pilgrims are probably coming around Jerusalem for this uh, Passover holy time. And not all of those peasants traveling are going to bring their sacrificial animals with them. So selling animals there is permitted. You know, those type of things. So it's not that as much as really demonstrating that you who are practicing injustice... You are hiding out in the temple thinking you're safe. Just like Jeremiah said, just like Amos said, just like Micah said, just like Isaiah said. That makes, you've turned the temple, this house of prayer, into a, a hideout. Not that, the, not that the injustices are taking place per se there, right? But you hide there thinking you're safe in God's name. And here it is the son of god shows up going no and we'll see later right later uh, uh at the end of tuesday when they're leaving the temple after this long day there tuesday you know that's when when peter says to jesus look at the size of some of these stones of this building and we are talking some pretty large stones we're talking things that are like 60 feet long you know nine feet high eight feet wide that's a huge stone that's what stone and Jesus' response was what? Not one of these would be left standing. Mm. All right? And he's calling out that, yeah, here I am, the Son of God, God incarnated, and I'm telling you, without the practice of justice, your songs, your dance, right? Uh, your festivals, your sacrifices, they're a stench to my nostrils.
0: Mm. It makes me read the whole... Uh, Pauline bit later on about the the stench of death and the aroma of Christ in a kind of a different bookend or whatever, you know I mean, it's it's what what seems one man's trash, another man's treasure type thing Um, you know, I mean, what is a clanging what's a clanging sound in God's ears or what's pleasing to him or whatever what we're doing versus in like like Jesus does right in this story, is, you know, I mean, cuts right to the kind of the heart note of it or whatever. Um, it's, it's cool to read that and see that throughout. And then kind of also revisit how much it makes me relook at the prophets, like the majors and the minors in a way of the amount of suffering that was going on there and just kind of revisit that. Like sometimes um, Mark and I were talking recently about that um, they will not grow old. Documentary. Sometimes just revisiting history like that makes you really see how crazy it was, or whatever, how how genuine it was.
1: So that was a long-winded interjection of what you were saying, Mark. Yeah. Just to put it in context for our listening audience. Would you like to continue with anything else that you have to share? Yeah,
2: I just want to see you know, it's not not that God just refuses. Worship without justice—he punishes it. Yeah. It's—I mean—it is a sin, basically. If you want, you—if you want to, you want to worship God. If you want to proclaim Him, but you're not acting like Him, I mean, it—that's, in a sense, idolatry. Yeah. Exactly. It's—you want to push your own um, this false character on God. That's.
1: That's a blatant violation of the first commandment. It is. It is. Adultery really is what it's about. I mean, nowhere in the Bible does God say, okay, I'll accept your worship if you don't practice justice. That's nowhere in the Bible. But there are plenty of times he says, I will reject your worship if you do not practice justice. So practicing justice is a form of our worship, particularly when you come back to Paul, you know, that uh, when we, we render uh, in, in, in Romans chapter 12, right, it's really our service under God daily. And our service under God ought to be in a form of practicing justice, you know, where there, where there are wrongs and wrongs measured against what the intention of God is, then they those need to be rectified. And you look at the life of Christ, I mean, that's really. What we see him doing throughout the entirety of his ministry, you know, it's wrong that people are going hungry. It's wrong in this community that there are people homeless, and Isaiah speaks about the homeless, right? Um, You know, it's it's wrong that people are so wounded that uh, things like um, um, crack cocaine, uh, heroin, alcohol is really a bomb. To their pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not what God was looking for, all right? Uh, so there is all kinds of sufferings taking place, and it's not all economic injustice either. Right? Um, anybody else have anything they want to reflect on? I think like every look at it, there's this, this idea of like he's pointing out that division, it's me versus you, and pointing out their how they're exploiting the system. They're exploiting, they're, they're, they're calling out everybody else's issues and their problems and their sins, but they're exploiting the system so they can get around it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's what we see today in a lot of ways. It's, I do, I follow these rules, I do these things, I go to church and I do this stuff, but, and then turn around and point out, the, you know, and it's wrongdoings, but then turn around and you're pointing out these people that are committing crimes or doing drugs. And, a lot of, and not truly helping with the injustice of fixing that problem, We're trying to solve that community problem. Right. I mean, there's lots of people, or I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people out there trying to help and you know, trying to figure out how to do it, but I don't think there's not enough. Yeah, I mean, particularly when, if, if we know here at Neighbors of Vote, when it comes to issues like addiction, that's a social responsibility. Yeah, uh, that's, that's much broader than just the individual. All right, John. thank you very much for your uh, insights and sharing this morning on this edition of Word Made Flesh. Until we meet again, may God's grace, peace, love, and joy be with you all.
0: Thank you for listening to Word Made Flesh. Neighbors of Hope brings people hope through a comprehensive suite of Christ-centered programs that include the men's ministry, Blessings and More resale store, our third-day farm project, Fishes and Loaves food pantry, and, of course, our radio ministry, Word Made Flesh. We're also in the process of establishing a women's and children's transitional housing program. Find out how you can become a Neighbor of Hope at NeighborsOfHope.com. And please join us again next Sunday morning for Word Made Flesh.